Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, coming to you late Wednesday night after some difficulties getting it set up. But as my esteemed colleague here, Uncle Buck, said, we're here. We're on the podcast. Drew, welcome in, sir. What's up, Rusty? Where are you at? Tell all the listeners where you're at. So I had a opportunity for a kind of a quick trip up to Holden Beach, North Carolina, get away for a couple of days. It was just kind of one of those things that worked out and excited to be up here, uh, enjoying some sunshine and being away for a few days. Most importantly, not at work. It's been sunshine and beach and golf, and it's been a good week. It's been a much needed vacation that uh, glad that I was able to sneak away on, man, for sure. Yeah, well, glad to see that you got away for a little bit. Uh, we all know that the grind of work on a Monday to Friday, uh, especially if you're in an op- if you're in a position of, uh, I don't want to say leadership, that probably gives you too much credit, but a managerial <laughs> role. Uh, so I, that can that can grate on you even after hours. But sometimes you feel like you have to actually leave the city you're in before you can really exhale. Yeah, it was nice. I'm only an hour and a half north from home but it's far enough away that i don't you know living at the beach is great and going to the beach just on a random tuesday is great but still it's i've still got laundry and work stuff to do and there's emails and phone calls to make like it's nice to be able to be at the beach but be kind of away i hear what you're saying <laughs> i hear what you're saying so you would just you know, you just want to get into our uh, Bucks best and beefs of the week so far? Yeah. Because well, I've got something to say. All right. Uh, what's, your, what's your Bucks best moment of the week? Okay. Um, all right. So this is, this is going to be – you just tell me how this sounds. So today uh, my wife asked me, you know, she said – would you bring me lunch? I was like, okay, you know, this is her, I guess, first full week of school. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll bring you lunch. What do you want? And she said, Domino's. I don't know if you've been to Domino's uh, before. I'm sure you have. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gotten their sandwiches before. Have you ever got the, the sandwich, the toasted sandwiches at Domino's? Those things are really stinking good. Yeah, so they're really good. And so that's what she wanted. And so I was like, okay, well, they've got the – buy any two for 6.99 or whatever and you can choose the sandwich or pizzas or whatever so i was like well i'll just kill two birds with one stone it's a church night and so uh we're always kind of snacking before church and whatnot and so uh, i was like i'll get a pizza you know i want to eat a whole medium pizza but then after work i'll go home uh and have a little bit of snack on you mm-hmm. know and uh so i get home with my pizza at lunch today and the people at Domino's, I guess, just got a little too in a hurry and left the pizza pan underneath the pizza <laughs> in the box. <laughs> so I was like, awesome. I now have the perfect dish for reheating pizza at all times in my house because I love reheating pizza. It's, it's a beef that wasn't going to make the podcast today. But if you ask me any other time, like a pet peeve of mine is reheating pizza in the microwave. Don't do it. Sure. I may have even talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah. Never reheat pizza in a microwave because it's, it's just like soggy. Yeah. And so I'm a I'm an absolute believer in heating reheating pizza in the oven. And so to have an official Domino's pizza pan 
to reheat pizza on an oven what well, made my whole week. Oh my gosh, dude! I cannot tell you how jealous I am. What a phenomenal yeah. Buck's best moment. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, growing up at my mom's house, uh, or my parents' house, uh, we had this huge pizza pan that mom made homemade pizzas in. Mm-hmm. And I asked her one time, "So where did this pizza pan come from?" This is like a perfect large pizza at a you know Pizza Hut or whatever. It's funny you say that. Your dad stole it from a pizza hut. <laughs> runs, runs in the family. Runs in yeah, the just, family. just way back in the day. Just I guess just young and dumb. Uh, and maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. But he ended up with a whole pizza pan from oh, Pizza Hut. Incredible. And so now I've got a little medium-sized pizza pan that uh, is perfect for reheating pizza in the oven. Oh, it's got holes in the bottom, oh, so it breathes. It gets a good crust it's on gonna it. It's going to be the perfect, perfect perfect, reheating tool. Dude. I'm jealous about that. My mom oh, my <laughs> mom was the original MLM queen, and we did Tupperware and Pampered Chef and all those parties back in the day when I was in elementary and middle school, and we had that Pampered Chef stone. If you know, you know. That was always the yeah. best for pizza. Right. And I've got a stone uh, from my green egg, a ceramic stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just too much work. Yeah. You know, now it's easy. For, now, if I'm making pizzas, homemade from scratch pizzas, yes, I'll use the stone. There you go. Uh, it gives that brick oven kind of, yep. and we do it on the green egg. Yeah. But uh, not for reheating. I, for reheating, I've got the perfect tool now. Oh, that's solid, man. That's solid. Yeah. I went, so. I went a little bit more, like, when you're having, like, just a moment, like, one of my favorite things, if you get in a chair, my buck's best moment, I was thinking about this, happened to me two days ago. You get in one of those chairs that hits you just right in like your mid-upper back, and you kind of lean oh, yeah. back and maybe like grab your head, kind of do one of these, like where you kind of lean back into the chair and it you, you pops. You hit the thrust, as yeah. From your mid-shoulder blades to the base of your skull. That is one of the most freeing, oh, I've never. best pops. It's just like... All the tension in your neck and shoulders is gone, and it's like, dude, this is it. Like, this is this is heaven on earth right here. You just feel, like, finally loose, and it's just gone. I'm like, man, I am here for this. If that's what happens to you and you think this is heaven, your life must really suck. <laughs> hey, feels pretty good, man. Feels pretty good. Uh, I'm telling you, anytime my back or neck pops, I immediately grab for my phone and start dialing 911. <laughs> like, it just it's not natural. You know, this this shouldn't happen to me. It feels it actually feels like I've broken a bone. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh yeah, so uh, what you just we'll snake draft this. So go ahead and tell me your biggest beef of the week. I want to sound like a crotchety old man. And I, and well, you already do because you said the best thing in the world was you're getting your neck popped in a recliner. Maybe it was this week. Maybe that was what it was this week. But the worst thing, I, I'm a man. I'm a guy of routine. I like just my routine. I like things to be your the hair, same. Your hair cut on every third week. Every yeah, every third Friday. I like the same like the same thing. The same parking lot, parking spot in my condo development, and it work. I like the routine. I don't like when things change. And my beef is this uh, new Twitter X thing. I like. I don't recognize the icon. I don't like. Where, Dude. I, I hate it. I hate everything about it, man. I miss the bird. I miss the blue app. Like I, I, I was calling it the bird app there for a while. I'm not a fan of the new Twitter X. I'm not either because, like you just said, I've scrolled over it so many times yep. looking for it, yep. looking for the blue bird. And, you know, I I got on the uh, Twitter on the desktop, you know, in the browser, you know, like an old person does. It still says Twitter.com. So until further notice, it will be Twitter. And, It'll and it's just Twitter. something 
something about clicking on an app that is has a black with a white X over it. It just feels like I'm doing. I shouldn't be here. Right. You know, it just it's, it gives me that like, oh, this this looks bad. It's kind of yeah. ominous. Like, what, I've, I've seen, what could be in this? I've seen these tweets of people like having to explain to their wives or moms or whatever why they're paying eight dollars a month for something just called X. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. It's just it's not a good idea. No. You know, Elon. everybody knows the standard the standard uh, acronym or the standard abbreviation for anything. Uh, um, dirty and you know, kind of taboo is three X's. Right. Well, we're you know, one third X, of the X, way X. there. You you don't you, you don't go to you don't go in the movie store and go in the room that's got three X's on it. No. You know, like, and you just made a black square with a white X and then put basically everything every way I spend free time behind it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's it. Like that doesn't. Yeah, no. it's not it's not smart. No. Elon, if it's you're listening, it's gonna be some kind of ploy. Yeah, I mean it's it feels like it's a step in a process, and I don't know if it's he's trying to cut all ties with the old Twitter.com, but I miss the old Twitter. Elon, if you're listening, you probably are. Most everybody in that upper epsilon is go back to Twitter. Yeah, and I actually saw today he he changed retweeting when when somebody retweets something it says repost i don't like that either i don't it says repost or it's quote. very facebook i don't like it you know i was retweeting yeah. something from our our joint our two buck sports pod on twitter account of the new fiu miami vice uniforms which you need to go check that out on our twitter page because they are fire and when i clicked on it, it said repost and i'm like Mm-mm, we retweeting this <laughs> you know Maybe I'm the only one that was this way, but early on in the Twitter days, I always felt so stupid saying, "Oh, I tweeted this." Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh, what?" Like, not everybody knew what I was talking about, or I was in the cult. You know, it's like it wasn't like cool to tweet or whatever. Like, and it just the word tweeting. I tweeted this. Felt so. I was almost embarrassed to say it because it's not nobody. It wasn't part of the vernacular right. yet. And now I'm like, it's the only thing that I. It, I can do like what? You, I'm not posting things to Twitter. No, I'm not you know? reposting. I'm that. tweeting. Yeah, yeah, I'm tweeting or retweeting. Right. You know. Yeah. I remember they also. I remember you remember when they took away the star and put the heart. Yeah. Like, uh, you always. Uh, I was it. I guess it was a like. It you was, know, it used to be a, a like, favorite. Yeah. Uh, a favorite. That's it what was, it was. Yeah, a favorite of the tweet. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So pretty much the only good thing that's ever come out of Twitter that has was not in the original iteration was the pen tweet i like the pen i tweet. do like that that's good that was good that was good yeah all right everything else has been garbage what's your beef this week oh mine's really simple and it hit it hit hits home for one half of this podcast <laughs> and anybody who lives at the beach does not deserve to take a vacation to the beach <laughs> <laughs> that's my beef you're telling me you live at the beach you're just like oh it's I just have to get out of town. I'm going to go to the beach. Like, <laughs> shut up. You live at the beach. Just <laughs> you spend money to go to a different beach when you live at a vacation site. You live, I mean, broad strokes here. You live in Myrtle Beach, and you're going to tell me that you need to go somewhere else. It's <laughs> like I just need to get away. Like, no, you don't need to get away. You need to drive a couple minutes to the beach and take an hour that I wish I could take once a week. You know. Just, just I need to feel my toes in the sand every so often, and you have the opportunity to do that 
on a daily basis and you leave it to go to another beach. Like I said, this is going to sound like such a like first world problem. I get that. But like you're still there and you still have to go home and do laundry or work or there's phone calls I, or clean up. And so it's nice to be able to go to the beach away from the like from home, even though the home happens see, to be at the beach. No, but see, that's my thing. You should not be allowed to vacation to the beach. You oh. should go to a state park or to the mountains <laughs> I'm not or mad about that. Uh, to a museum or an amusement park. You can't go to the beach. You you know, yeah. you live at the beach. You know, I get it. It's redundant. And I, I get what you're saying because like both my parents work from home. And so I always say like, I can't work from home. I don't want to ever work from home because then you just end up working all day. It's always in the back of your mind, you know? And so that's the one thing, you know, most of the time at five o'clock I come home and I'm dad, husband, homeowner, you know, everything that goes on here. Sure. I got to do laundry and I got to do, you know, help with dishes or cook or whatever, mow the yard. Uh, but work stays at work. Yeah. You know, my, my, my eight to five stays eight to five most of the time, you know, uh, I couldn't work from home. I would be just the biggest waste of an employee ever. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I can't because I'll be finding things to do. It'll be, you know, the office on in the background. I'll, oh, I need to fold laundry right. do this or do that. Or I'll eat another snack. Or, yes, I, might, I will have another oatmeal cream pie. And I'd get nothing done. Yeah. Be 400 pounds. Absolutely. You have to wheel me in the yeah. hall in, the, in a wheelbarrow. That's for sure. I'd look like that new TCU offensive lineman. Have you seen that <laughs> one going around Twitter? Six on foot four and four hundred and thirty pounds. God, <laughs> high school couldn't even get a jersey big enough for him. And what's what's funny is his head is like proportionately tiny compared to the rest of his body. Which when you're four hundred and fifty or four hundred thirty pounds, or whatever, I get it. It will be well, but it looks like a it looks like a grape on top of a, on top of a, a grapefruit. <laughs> and I, I want to say this and. If you saw the rest of my body, you'd realize that I've got some room to talk here because I know. But his body and his head and body was not meant to be 420 pounds. <laughs> you know, like it's it's not proportional because most of his body shouldn't be no. that way. No, it's you know? it's under it's a triple extra large jersey that still <laughs> yeah. is a crop top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that's my beef. You should never. People who live at the beach should not vacation at the beach. Well, that's fair. It's too much of a good thing. Well, that's fair, and it makes me jealous. Well, well, hopefully this will help perk you up. As I do have a couple of pretty good stump Drew trivia questions for tonight. Hopefully okay, that'll good. that'll that'll redeem me a little bit. So, um, I've got three. Uh, let's go with this one first. So. Everybody knows we're doing a new trivia section. If you or your business want to sponsor this new segment, please reach out to one of us. We'd be more than happy to do Stump Uncle Buck, Stump Drew, whatever you want to call it, and you pay for it. Rusty, don't you play trivia like most Thursday nights at the pub or something? I do. Call them. See what I can do. I'll talk to John and Pete and see what I can do. That's a good call. All right. Shout out, no free shout outs. All right. So. All right. Hit me with your best shot, as Pat Benatar once said. First one. There are six professional sports teams that share a mascot. There's six across, like the, well, to, like the big four. We're not talking about MLS and that sort of stuff. Like across the yeah. the major sports: football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Okay, there's six. Okay. Can you name the six? Okay. Uh, honestly, this is probably one that will surprise you. The first one that came to my head was the Panthers. Yeah, Florida that's... Panthers and Carolina Panthers. Yep. Um. I'm going to write this down. Uh, 
Yes, our first one is NFL, NHL, for those that may not be NHL fans at home. Uh-huh. Um, the Lions. Not Lions is not one. I'm, I'm, oh, Tigers. Detroit and Detroit. Uh, Detroit and. Nope, Tigers is not one. Another Tigers? Not in professional sports. Just the t- Detroit Tigers baseball team. Wow. Uh, Kings. The Kings Los is Angeles one. Yep. Both in and Sacramento. Both in California. The LA Kings of the NHL and the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. Okay. Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm surprised that there's six. There's six. So, yeah. One of them. Uh, there's Jets. One. Winnipeg and. Yeah, Winnipeg and literally <laughs> about to say there's going to be one I don't know that you're going to get, and that was it. The Winnipeg Jets in the, the NHL Jets. and the New York Jets in the NFL. I mean, all three of these have had NHL teams. I'm impressed. Dude, I am myself. super impressed. Right, um, we're turning the podcast off right you, now. <laughs> can you tell me what team moved? Where the Winnipeg Jets moved from? Uh, was it Edmonton? They were the Oilers? No. 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 Edmonton Oilers is one of the big eight. Oh, I that's right. Yeah, one of the original eight. Uh SEC country. They moved from Atlanta? I I want to say I'm I'm about eighty five to ninety percent sure, so we're going I'm gonna call it a fact. Okay. Close enough. They were the Atlanta Thrashers. Close enough remember for this Atlanta podcast. Thrashers? I do remember that. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right. So um, So we got three of the six so far. And all three, like Drew uh, said, had an NHL team. I'm more than impressed. And there's still one NHL team uh, hanging out out there. Okay, that's what I was about to ask. What the other? So we've got a um, we've got an NHL team. Then we have M- NFL, MLB, and MLB NFL. So two that are football, baseball. Okay, I want to I'm I want to knock out this NHL one. Uh, Trying to think. Um, They're not in the same location. Okay. I was thinking Florida, but I think Florida, I don't think Miami has a team. Uh, see, there's the uh, Penguins, the Bruins, the. Good guesses, but no. Uh, Hurricane, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it's a college, but not a professional. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay. You said there's two MLB. So there's NFL. Yep, there's two MLB NFL and the last one is an MLB NHL. Cardinals. Oh, yeah. Should have got that one. That's yeah. the St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals yeah. of the MLB and NFL respectively. Okay. Uh and then there's one more. They used to be in the same city, the but NFL. they're not anymore. Oh. Uh, Cardinals. <laughs> well, that one. But <laughs> is that what you're talking nope. about? <laughs> There's another one. They used to be in the used... same city, but yeah. they're not anymore. The St. Louis Cardinals used to be long, long ago. Football. Uh-huh. Well, was the St. Louis Cardinals NFL and MLB franchise in the same city ever at the same time? I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm not thinking so either because, you know, so. it was the St. Louis Cardinals and they went to Arizona. Right. And then the L.A. Rams went to St. Louis. St. Louis. And then back to L.A. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, let me just think of this by division. You got the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the So you're in the right conference, Buccaneers. but not the same division. Not the right Saint- division. Right conference. Okay, so NFC. Uh-huh. So uh, Packers, Vikings, Bears. Not in the north. And Not in the north. 
So the West will be the uh, not in the West. Uh, Niners. So the NFC East. Yes. <laughs> this is the Giants. The New York Football Giants and the San Francisco, oh, San Francisco. Giants of the MLB. You know that went through my head. <laughs> that went through my head like five minutes ago when San Francisco didn't pop in my head. Yeah. The New York um, football Giants, San Francisco Giants. And the last one is the MLB NHL. MLB NHL. It's our last hockey team and professional team. Mm. Let me see if I can come up with a good hint. Um, <clears throat> Give me a They have the same colors. Uh, They're both red and blue. Red and blue. Uh the what a shoot uh, all right so i might get this wrong the for rangers ah there it is the new york rangers texas and, and new the york. texas rangers those are your 16 so texas rangers new york rangers the giants jets panthers kings and cardinals yeah well, that's a pretty good one. that's a good question uh i'm really impressed with myself over the the winnipeg jets <laughs> I am too, dude i did not think <laughs> i thought that'd be the last one i was trying to tease well, out you know <laughs> That was the end of my NHL watching days because I did keep up with the Predators for a while, right. uh, and then it's they went to the world to the uh, Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I saw them in person, mm-hmm. or, or I was outside. Mm-hmm. I watched it in a bar right. in Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, and then the next year they kind of had another good year, and I kept up with it pretty much throughout the season. Then they got put out by Winnipeg mm. in the playoffs. There you go. Uh, and so I believe that was one of the years. Uh, who was it? Uh, just was going for back to back to back. I want to say it was Florida was going for back to back to back titles. I think it's one of them. I don't remember. I honestly, I, I, I'm like you. I kept up with the Predators for a while, but I've kind of fallen off in my hockey watching for sure. Oh, uh, maybe it was San Jose. It was the San Sharks. Jose I think it was the yeah, Sharks. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next question: What NBA player has played on the most teams? He is on the most teams. He has played on thirteen teams. Is it current? It's current. He's currently playing. Ish Smith. Ish Smith has played on thirteen teams. Former Grizz. That's right. The former <laughs> Grizz. The Grizz are one of them. Most recently of the Denver Nuggets, he won an NBA title. Another former Grizz is on this list. Jeff Green is tied for third with eleven. You know, I think I saw the stat where if he plays for like two more years or something like that, he will have had more teammates than anybody in NBA history. <laughs> uh, let's go, man. <laughs> Uncle Jeff, stay in there, buddy. No, he could break his leg. <laughs> wow. We're he, not. Was, he was public He was public enemy number – he was between Rudy and Chandler. Yeah. You know, he was like uh, – Yeah, that's fair. And, and then there was Dylan <laughs> that Grizzlies yeah. fans just got sick of. Yeah, no, you're not yeah. wrong. But uh, this this that is the re- reflection or the views of my co-host and not of the podcast. <laughs> All right. You, you appreciated Uncle Jeff when he was a Grizz? I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. I didn't, but, so but I didn't say me. I want to break his leg. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I see where <laughs> you're drawing the line there. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> All right. Can you name with the NFL draft behind us, college football is right ahead. Can you name the top five schools with the most draft picks? All time. Like all time colleges. All time? Colleges with the most all time players picked. I got the top ten here. Are, Can are you, you give me the top say five? Mississippi State? 
No, we. Ain't. That's the only reason why you you asked me these questions. No, I left Mississippi no. State purposely <laughs> off this okay. week on purpose. Yeah. Every time you I'm ask me a question, shirt. it's got a Mississippi State angle. Listen, I know we're not going to do a YouTube video this week. Uh, just some technical difficulties. Anyway, I'm wearing the Mississippi State shirt for those of you that cannot see it. But listen, <laughs> I am still keeping that, but I didn't have one this week. So can you give me the top uh, five? They're pretty okay. obvious. Alabama. Uh, it's fifth. Yeah. Uh, Georgia. Tenth. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, third. Notre Dame. Number one. Five hundred and twenty-five players. I f- I thought they would sneak in at number one. USC. Number two. Five twenty-three. Miami. Not in the top ten. Really? Not in the top ten. I was That's surprised by that. Me. You know, they had a bunch early, but they haven't had as many as of late. Yeah, Michigan. Uh, sixth. All right, so out of the top five, how many am I missing? You're missing one. Just four? You're missing one of the top five, four in the top ten. Okay. Uh, They're obvious. I mean, when you think about them. Texas. Not in the top ten. Another one I was surprised by. But Oklahoma. It's fourth. So you're uh, missing. Okay, so I've got the top five yep, now. The, and then number six, Michigan. Number Stanford. S- nope. Okay. You're missing seven, eight, uh, nine. Just go ahead. Yeah. Seven is Penn State. Uh, eight is LSU. Uh, nine is Florida. Okay. I would have ended up on those. Actually, Penn State, I figured, was pretty high. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just had Paterno for so long. It was so good for so long. Yeah. Right. And Pennsylvania, for it to be the Northeast, it's like the it's like the hub for talent in the Northeast. Right. Like Pennsylvania's got a lot of football athletes. Absolutely. And there's so many of them slip out to other schools. But, I mean, Penn State has had their share. But you're right. Like, Joe Namath, like there's so many guys that come from there. Uh, Penn State is kind of the same as Ohio, where you've got a lot of talent there, and if you can keep the talent there, then you can be really good. But if you start losing your in-state talent, you can go bad quick. And luckily, Ohio State has gotten so good to where they they recruit a lot. Right. They recruit nationwide. So I might have told a lie a few minutes ago. There is a Mississippi State angle coming up in our next topic, and so I'm going to rework the the script just a little bit, but uh, we're going to go right into – they finished out the the PFF NFL Top 100. Okay. And I was just going to read off the schools that were most represented in the Top 100. I knew knew this is when you put it there. Yeah. So number one is Alabama. They have 12 on the top one NFL top 100 list. Second is Ohio State with seven. Third is Clemson and Oklahoma with five. Fifth is Florida State and Mississippi State with four apiece. Boston College and Cal, Cincinnati and LSU all have three players on that list. And, and to be I fair, like to know, Cincinnati's uh, – DK Metcalf was left off that list irresponsibly, fair. or we would have – Ole Miss would have four. That's fair. That's probably – you're not yeah. wrong about that. Yeah, just, I mean, it was just an irresponsible. He was like 101 or something like that. Yeah. There's no excuse for DK Metcalf to be left off that list. I'm not going to argue. But by all that. means, this podcast, this segment has turned into how can Rusty talk about Mississippi State <laughs> and make Drew guess the answer, you know? <laughs> I didn't this time. This is a new yeah. – we'd moved on from trivia. This is a new topic. I'm going to change my B for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. We didn't move on. <laughs> All right, Drew, I got a stat for you. Our stat of the week. I think it could be another segment. Oh, we're going to talk about top 100 anymore? That was all I really had. Okay, because 
Jalen Hurts being number two on that list is just the most blasphemous thing I've ever heard in my was life. He two or three? I know he went to a Super Bowl. He went, he's number two. No, I'm sorry, number three. That's what I thought. Number three, the number two quarterback. Justin Jefferson was in between Mahomes and and Jalen Hurts. But to have Burrow at six, Josh Allen at eight, and Herbert at 32, and to say Jalen Hurts is number three is just blasphemous. Couldn't agree more. He's, he still hasn't proven he could pr- he could throw a forward pass yet. Yeah. You know, consistently. Couldn't, but anyways, I digress. Yeah. I didn't have a big rant to go on there, but I just think that's irresponsible. That and the the fact that the Chiefs have not paid Chris Jones and there's a chance that, they, that they're going to lose out on him is also irresponsible. That man is a force and really helped them win that Super Bowl by pressure on Jalen Hurts, stopping whatever run game they were trying. That's also criminal that Chris Jones has not got paid yet. What's the uh... – What's the uh, uh, Chiefs GM's name? It's Dorsey. What's what's this? Is it John John Dorsey? John Dorsey. Yep. Yeah, he had he drafted four of the top ten players in that list. Right. With the only non-current Chief being Tyreek Hill. Right. That's wild, <laughs> so man. Just stupid. Yeah. yeah. All right, Drew. Our uh, stat of the week, also brought to you by some unnamed uh, future sponsor of this podcast. Yeah. This is a great segment. Fueling station. Hi, Rob Bourbon. <laughs> The White Sox are 0-11 when they strike out their opponent at least 14 times in a game. Are you serious? No other team is below 500 when they strike out 14-plus batters, but they are 0-11 when they strike out 14 more. So Tim Anderson ain't the only that's one like, whiffing right now. That's like – Jacob DeGrom, you remember his Cy Young year? Oh, yeah. Where he had like a 2.7 ERA but a losing record yeah, it, as a starting pitcher? Shohei Otani is going to be another great example of that. But 0-11 oh, with 14-plus strikeouts. Like, what are we doing here, boys? Uh, that And, you know, they're not going to strike out 14 players anymore. <laughs> they just traded Lance Lynn, who at like 47 years old still just has the heaviest fastball you will ever find. Absolutely. And just strikes out 10 a game, <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, that's an Ole Miss plug. You know, he's an Ole Miss guy. I right. love Lance Lynn. But that's just a fact. He is just a strikeout machine, and he does nothing but throw fastballs and sliders. Yeah, so Tim Anderson isn't the he's only not. one struggling on the team right now. Like he, Yeah. I know you saw that, man. What a wild scene at second base in the Guardians. I still have a hard time saying Guardians. The Guardians-White Sox game yeah. this past week. Guardi- it's, it is. Indians and Redskins, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was so wild. And, you know, Tim Anderson, he's a – Mississippi Juco product. Right. I've always kind of had him on my radar. Same. Went to East Mississippi. Uh, uh, was it East Mississippi or East Central? East Central. East Central Community College. Uh, and uh, he got drafted straight into the pros out of Community College in Mississippi. I've always kind of been proud, you know. Uh, Not anymore. I don't think anybody has a worse rep in baseball. You know, he's always – for baseball to be, you know, everybody wants it to stay pure and – uh, you know, you know, you live by the unwritten rules. He has single-handedly like tried to debunk the unwritten rules. Right. And for a long time, it was kind of appreciated. You know, he was with Flair. He had attitude or whatnot. But he's really just like taking a full-blown heel turn. And that play, whereas it looked innocent with Jose Ramirez. Was you could just tell it was just he was just aggravating. It him. was just chipping, and he picked the wrong dude. Have you ever heard the backstory of Jose Ramirez? 
Mm-mm. So where he's from, he was just like, I fought every day. Like, it was awful. It was one of those, you know, dirt poor, Puerto Rico, Dominican, I can't remember which one, Cuba. But uh, he was just like, yeah, I fought DR. every day. You had to. You, yeah, you had you had to fight every single day. Right. I had knives. Pu- he's like, I had knives pulled on me. He's went out and spoken about his upbringing. He picked the wrong dude. <laughs> he is not the one. And I've, I've got this theory. Uh, so, watching that, my first thought was, and I can't, I, I had the name in my head the whole week, and I've just blanked on it tonight. The starting pitcher uh, oh, yeah. for the uh, for the White Sox yeah. that was pitching uh, in that game. You could tell when they started, when he started throwing that glove off, the pitcher could have been the first one there, and he did not really want to back him up. And he never really had – it did not turn into the full brawl that you typically see when you've got players throwing punches, and especially one that got knocked out. Uh, he did not have the team back him up. And this was a further example today, and I don't know this backstory at all. I know uh, this is not a WNBA centric podcast and honestly the first the next WNBA game I watch will be the first but did you see the clip going around of Liz Liz Cambage so she played in the FIBA World Cup or uh, for the national team she's Australian and so she, they went up and played uh, at Nigeria uh, a Nigerian team yep and she slapped this girl in the face and then she started chirping walking back to the sidelines and that girl from the from inside the paint got a run and start and just decked her yep. on the sideline from the top row and not a not a single person on that Australian bench not a single woman batted an eye they let her lay there yeah. and they did not defend her at all and the White Sox did the same thing with Tim Anderson so if you really want to know what your players think about you and the kind of teammate you are Look at see what happens when you get in a scuffle and who comes to bat. Because I can promise you, we saw Joey Bats get decked so, by um, by uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, Beltre. Uh, no, uh, uh, Rude Nano Door. Rude Nano Door. Uh, that's it. Yeah, just belted Joey Batista, uh, Jose Batista, Joey Bats. And his teammates went to bat for him. I mean, it was a high leverage game. I mean, it was it was ugly, and it got all players involved. You look at those old uh, Red Sox Yankees, right. where Pedro's even throwing down Don Zimmer, and <laughs> I mean, coaches are getting involved. Absolutely, like, there was those players played for each other, and they they had each other's back. I tell you, Tim Anderson and Liz Cambage. Their players did not have their back at all. And the person who had the front row seat to both the Joey Bats knockout <laughs> yeah. and the Tim Anderson knockout was Elvis Andrews, who was always in the right place at the right time right. for these brawls, man. He is like, <laughs> right. he is position A both times. Two guys got knocked out. Yeah. Uh, cue the Friday, uh, the movie Friday right there. Um, he got knocked out in front of him yeah. both times. <laughs> yeah. And – and he didn't go to help. Nope. <laughs> yeah. uh, nope. And of course, in uh, Rudin and O'Dor's case, he didn't need any help. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's you're really put in a tough spot if you if the defender is the one mm. that gets knocked out because you've got help there. Yeah, Tim Anderson. You know? Tim Anderson. But he then, started it, man. He squared up first, and I knew from the moment he squared up with those little bouncing hands, I'm like, this is this does uh, not end well yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. 
And the guy who always puts on the show, I always think back, when I was in high school, one of the biggest movies of the year was Never Back Down. Mm -hmm. You remember the old UFC movie? Yeah. Uh, The underground fight club kind of thing. It it did not hold up. You know, it wasn't some critically acclaimed movie. But they were starting to, they were fighting in this underground UFC style fight thing. And there was this guy that was doing flips. His uh, guy had dreads on his back. He was doing cartwheels and all this, this little gymnastics, uh, when the bell started and then the guy just walked up there and decked him in the face. It's like, that's what happened. You know, he, he decided to make a show out of it, but Jose Ramirez closed the gates on him. Listen, like, he, yeah, <laughs> he, he is not about that life. And he pulled a Tony Allen and cut his water off. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was bad. Speaking of Tony Allen, he got freed this week. Hey, here's uh, to Tony Allen. I, I say he, I say he got freed. He pled guilty, but he's not going to jail. No. So bring him back to the Chris Vernon show. Put number nine in the Raptors, in the Raptors. finally. Let's go, T.A. And bring the grandfather home. The, we, I miss you, T.A. The best tweet I saw was it said, Tony Allen pleads guilty and avoids jail time. Tony Allen criminal defense team, and it's Tony Allen first team all defense. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was great. But uh, I feel like there's an elephant in the room that we really haven't gotten to. I guess kind of pun intended there, even though the yeah, SEC I hasn't mean, made it, any moves yet. But what happened this week in college football? I'm telling you what, it got turned upside down. It you was know, Armageddon. I remember, I remember two years ago when news broke. It seemed, I mean, maybe I wasn't dialed in at the time, but it seemed to be out of nowhere that Texas and Oklahoma were had applied for reinst for applied for. Uh, uh, admission into the SEC and sent a letter to the Big 12 saying that they were, for lack of a better word, resigning, you know, but they were leaving. Um, that made that look like a a chump, you know. That was that was small beans even the compared first, to what happened on Saturday. Yeah, even with the first SEC expansion of our lifetime or since the early 90s, my, the second of mine, the first of yours. Yeah, I don't remember this, you know, so, what you're it was, talking about. Well, it was 1992 when Arkansas and South Carolina joined the conference, and so, I mean, I was five, and so this is the, the third expansion because we had LSU, or uh, excuse me, we had A&M and Missouri that South came Carolina. in. So, oh. yeah, 92. South Carolina came in with Arkansas. In 92, and then we had Missouri and A&M. Was that 2000? 11. 11. That's what I thought, 2011. Yeah. And so this is the third expansion of my lifetime. And it's still like, it's wild the, the power alignments that have happened and changes that have happened. And now we don't have a really a Pac 12 anymore. All right. So I have a trivia game for you. All right. Uh, we're going to call this who they play for <laughs> to, to rip off NBA on TNT. It is unsullied by sponsorship. Since 2023. But what I've got here is a list of colleges. And I want you to tell me what conference they're in. Let's go. As of 2024. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. All right. So, and I'm going to, I've got my pencil here. I'm going to grade this paper as we go. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're going to start out kind of easy. Okay. Uh, The University of Cincinnati. They're in the. What conference will they be in in 2024? The Big 12. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, the University of Oregon. The Big Ten. You pause. But, yes, that's right. Uh, Arizona State. The Big 12. All right. You're doing good so far. It does get harder. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, 
the University of Utah. The Utes will be playing in what conference in 2024? They're in the Big 12 as well. They came with Arizona and Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's a good pickup for the Big 12. I think Utah is a good football team. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what about from our home state, the University of Southern Mississippi? What conference will they be playing in in 2024? Hint. It's the same conference they played in this year. <laughs> so that would be the the fun belt. Yeah, I, I that snuck up on I had me. To think I'm about always that. just there. Always been conference yeah, USA. They're on the CUSA. That's it. Yeah. They were part of that CUSA with North Texas and all. Now I had to think about it because yeah, the fun belt. Yeah. So what about uh, in your neck of the woods, just one state to the north, Charlotte, the University of Charlotte. Former Will Healy's yeah. uh, team there. Are they in the Sun Belt as well, or are they the AAC? They are not. Conference USA. That was your guess. Nope. My guess was Sun Belt. That's not, and that ain't right? Yeah. Nope. Nope. They are in the American. Oh. <laughs> uh, they have transferred to play in the same conference as Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> who is who is being left out of the cold left, left and right yes. in every conference expansion. <laughs> like they're talking about San Diego State, Air Force, and Boise State, not Memphis. <laughs> right. All right. What about our uh, our Flames from Liberty? What conference are they playing in? They're in the AAC, right? The they American? are not. Nope. They are not in the American. The Sun Belt? That is incorrect, too. So, X gets the square. <laughs> they are in the Conference <laughs> USA. As soon as I <laughs> said, as soon as I, said yeah. I knew it was yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, you've got to remember, this is Liberty, and they're playing yeah. in the USA Conference. That makes sense. Go together. Should have made that connection. Peanut butter and jelly. Uh, BYU. Another private college. They are in the Big 12. Uh, f- formerly independent, going to the Big 12. That is correct. Uh, a hard one here, uh, because we love the Grizzlies. What conference does Murray State, the Racers, play in? Well, they were in that MVC conference, the Missouri Valley. Uh, I'm going to go with Conference USA. You're wrong. <laughs> they are. Shocker. They, in 2024, they will be in the Missouri Valley Conference. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the Ohio Valley ah, Conference. <laughs> yeah. And uh, last one, we will round it out here. In 2024, where will Florida State Seminoles be playing? <laughs> Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they want a pay cut. The correct answer to that one is who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to say by 2026, they will be in the SEC. Yeah. I don't know if they'll get it done by 2024. but The SEC or the Big Ten is what I've been seeing because the Big Ten apparently is going to come pretty hard after Clemson and Florida State. The a- ACC is trying to reach out to Stanford and want a cow maybe and trying to bring them on. Mostly so for academics actually, to, to try and expand the TV deal, which I know we'll get into more here in a minute, to try and I keep Florida State, put, but it won't work. I actually put this in our show, Doc. Uh, I titled it Pack 4 <laughs> But about an hour before we pressed record here, Brett McMurphy said that Cal and Stanford to the 
ACC hit a significant roadblock. And it's probably the fact that they're in freaking Northern California. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the roadblock. Yeah, yeah did you uh, – we'll just get into uh, kind of the optics of it all and kind of what you think. Did you see uh, Elia Drinkwitz's press conference from earlier in the week where he talked about how um, this affects other sports and kind of the uh, – PR amongst other athletes on campus, mm-hmm. how it affects them. I did. I saw that. So he made, you know, he is corny as crap. I mean, let's be honest. He He's kind of hard to to like uh, just because he's a cornball and he tries to be cool and it, it, it looks like somebody who really tries hard. But on this topic with conversation alignment, he has gotten onto the podium several times and seemed to be the smartest man in the room. Yeah. Um, and, uh, basically what he said was football is going to be fine. Football, we have private jet, you know, we have private chartered flights. We can go anywhere we want to, uh, we ain't dealing with commercial flights, airports, anything like that, layovers. He said, but what you guys have done based, you know, to make money is put all these other sports Baseball included for most places, except for in the SEC. But you baseball, women's basketball, men's basketball, non-D1, uh, uh, golf, so, you know, soccer, everything. You've made it basically impossible for these students to have a healthy work-life balance, basically. You know, you're looking at, you know... Just let's talk about baseball. Uh, take Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU out of it, who obviously charter planes. Uh, talk about, say, Baylor. You know, D1 school, big conference, a conference that's expanding, a conference that's now going to go to Utah, you know. Um, think about them because they're not playing one night a week. They're not playing on Saturdays. Right. They're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, you're going to have long plane rides with probably connecting flights. And if you've flown anywhere recently, you know the nightmare that it's been navigating through an airport and having flights that leave on time as scheduled. Just a nightmare. And he's he even went on to say the biggest problem with society these days, the most notable thing that's talked about when it comes to people's happiness is just their mental health and so you're asking these kids to stay academically eligible while traveling you know who knows 48 hours a week just in travel along with practice and if they don't go to get to class on time they run the possibility of being suspended like it's just it makes no sense no. and honestly to me and you can tell me if you agree or disagree i think where this ends up and where it should end up is football is just a beast of its own. Yeah. Because, honestly, the SEC expanding in football to where you get, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, that's, that excites me. I can't wait to watch Ole Miss play Oklahoma in 24 and Texas in 25. And, you know, maybe one day Florida State is a regular opponent or Clemson or Virginia like we talked about last week. That sounds like a lot of fun. But when you get into other sports, you're you're really losing that regionality mm. that made college football fun. Right. You know, you you look at you know I'm a Saints fan. I don't have a 
rivalries with anybody that I know of closely. You know, NFL is so spread out. You know, you got a Cowboys fans here or, uh, you know, I, I don't have run into and have a lot of fights with Falcons fans. That's just, that's the uh, uh, Saints' biggest rival. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Alabama and Ole Miss and LSU and Arkansas and all these teams that we've played for the last hundred years, that's what's important to me. And you can't really – I think college sports loses a lot by losing their regionality to it. Sure. Like there's, they're, they're one of us. You know, us in Alabama, the only thing that separates a Mississippian and an Alabamian – Alabaman? Bamite? Something. Uh, what do you Al- – yeah. Alabamian? Alba- Al- Albanian. <laughs> the only thing that separates Mississippians and cousin lovers is just a state line that's make believe that you don't see on the ground, right. you know. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, and as you get into like you know Burnsville, you know, when you're getting close to that state line, yeah. lines start getting blurred. You kind of see it coming. Yeah, uh, you won't. Nobody will understand so that. So to but. add to your point there too, not only just from like a sports standpoint like you're saying like basketball playing a tuesday night thinking about the big 12 you know the west virginia mountaineers playing at uh you know provo or central florida going to provo or you know arizona or tempe wherever for these games usc playing on a wednesday in rutgers and then coming back home to play a home game on saturday like it's it's wild but bonkers but listen to this this is from kyle Umlag on Twitter, U-M, as Kyle is named, Kyle Umlag, U-M-L-A-N-G, uh, on Twitter, tweeted this from the Wall Street Journal. So, the Big 12 lost Texas and Oklahoma, which was losing out of $1.9 billion in revenue. So, they lost $1.9 billion in brand value is what it's, what it's called, brand value, from losing okay. those two teams. They added right, those are two big name teams. Big name brands. They're well known. Yeah. They added Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Cincinnati, Colorado, Houston, UCF, and Utah. So they added eight teams, right? So they have a net gain of six teams to the conference, mm-hmm. but they right. have a net loss of eight hundred and sixty-nine point three million dollars by losing just two big-name schools. So, so you're saying 1.6 to 1.9 to, to 1.1. It's a loss of $869.3 million by adding a gain of six schools, but they lost two right. of their flagship programs in Texas and Oklahoma, and just losing those two, even though they, they gained four times what they lost, or they get, they added four times four times right, what they lost, right. they still lost $869.3 million in brand value because of the power shift that comes with the Texas and Oklahoma leaving. So that $869 million goes a long way for a conference like right. the SEC that shares that equally among schools. That's now right. coming to the SEC. So that's a, that's a rising tide lifting all ships. For state Ole Miss Vandy, that's a huge influx of revenue that they're going to come in and be a part of by sharing some of that with the other schools. I just thought that was an interesting yeah. stat. It is interesting, and it goes, and we're going to get further into this in a minute uh, because it's a point on the next topic I want to make. 
but it goes to show who's making these decisions. It's university presidents 100%. have have the TV networks executives on speed dial, and it's okay. So, for instance, uh, this is how it is uh, in the Big Twelve. I believe, uh, yeah, Big Big Twelve, yeah. So basically, the Big Twelve last year they had about thirty million dollars per school. It was the revenue share at the end of the year, and so ESPN told them like, all right, fine, or the news network, the TV network told them fine. Any team that you add from the Power Five conferences. We will just say that's what they make. They come in as an equal member, basically. So they added Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. You went through the whole list. They added all of them. They will all make. They're just going to add thirty million dollars onto their TV deal for every Power Five team that they add into their conference. So, if Memphis wanted to join the Pac-12, they would just be like, "Ah, right, hold up a second, you know." You're not in a Power 5 conference. You're not worth the same as the rest of these. So it's all conference. It's it's all university presidents calling TV networks to see where the university can get more money. Yep. It's all a money grab. And I'm going to tell you this, too. I believe in the long term this is not going to be good for college sports. And for one reason that we already said, you know, for the minor sports, not football. But for the for football, the major sport, you look at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. If we're being honest with ourselves, Ole Miss and Mississippi State rank in the bottom half of the SEC historically. We just added Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> now, as an as an SEC a fan of an SEC team that's been in the SEC forever, we believe that it's true that the SEC is so far superior that Oklahoma and Texas may end up looking like Ole Miss and Mississippi State when they get to the SEC. Sure. Put that aside, even if they are, the SEC just got harder to win. Yep. 100%. Ole Miss has never been to Atlanta for an SEC championship game. Mississippi State has been one time. Does this get any look any better for our odds of winning? No. When you add uh, – Oklahoma and Texas, and inevitably you get to twenty. However, you do it, yeah. pick apart the ACC, or it's it's just it's not going to be as fun. Because I'm going to tell you, what would you rather have? Would you rather be a peak at eight and four in the SEC, or be like Memphis in the American, where at the peak of Memphis they're going eleven and one easy. Yeah. You win for you you root for a winning team that you expect to win every week. Sure, you're not got a chance at a title, but I think it's valid to look at it. And I'm not saying I I would rather be in the American. Obviously, I wouldn't. But winning got a lot harder. And when you think about what you enjoy about college sports, is you enjoy winning. And it just got a lot harder, and it will only get harder. You look at Baylor, who's had a couple runs. TCU just made a run to the national championship game. Sure, they lost Texas and Oklahoma, but their conference went from 10 teams to 16 teams overnight. Yeah. And that's while losing two teams. Right. So, it actually went from 8 to 16 teams overnight, you know. 
Yeah, and you know, you bring up some interesting points about relegation, you know, like in European soccer leagues, we saw this in Ted Lasso, you have the 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 chance of being relegated if you don't play competitive football or soccer. Is that what's going to happen with Stanford and Cal? Like these schools that are not being picked up, that nobody is really knocking down the door to pick up for their conference, are they going to go join the Mountain West? Well, then all of a sudden you've got these kids, like you were talking about earlier, these Division One players who went to Stanford, who went to Cal, a leg up from the Mountain West. Do they go join the Mountain West and all of a sudden now they're dominating that conference? It's with the expansion of the playoff, that gets you a real shot at a playoff position that you weren't going to have in the Pac-12 prior. Because you had the schools like USC who was back, UCLA who was playing better, Oregon who was playing better. Does that give them a shot now at one of those at-large bids or those non-Power 5 or whatever it's going to be after, you know, in 2026 right. and 7, we're very likely looking at be like three, power three, three power three right. conferences. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, what does it do for schools like that? It's kind of the, the, the inverse of your point, right? Like, you, like they're getting relegated possibly to the Mountain West, but all of a sudden they're going to be super competitive in that and, and run the Mountain West. Right. So one other thing. So Stanford and Cal, I don't fear their longevity. I feel like they're going – based on their academic viability, because mm-hmm. I do still think while you're playing like – you're a college, you know, yeah. like we're pretending this is college and still, and that education matters. Yeah. While we're still pretending that matters, I feel like both of those universities send it a, have something to offer the same way that Vanderbilt has something to offer, you know, right. It boosts your PR, you know, uh, it really sucks for Wazoo and Oregon state. Yeah. Cause I don't know where they fit. No, I, they really uh, don't. We've seen, we've seen that geographically uh, their geographical fit does is not important anymore. Right. But Washington state and Oregon state, I don't know that they can, they can justify playing in a major conference like the ACC yeah, or no way. the big 10. No way. Uh, it makes it a lot more feasible knowing that you got USC and UCLA there now. Right. Uh, but what really sucks for them is if they do end up in, say, the Mountain West or, you know, one of those conferences, uh, they've – I mean, just think about what it would be like to leave, you know, to have your place of work get shut down and your only option is to go flip burgers at McDonald's. Yeah. And knowing that the overhead that you have to pay, the coaches you have to pay, the all that the football program lifted up, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, and and the football program, the money it took in paid for a lot of things. And to know that that football check just went from say twenty million dollars a year to seven, mm-hmm. that that's recipe for like bankruptcy. Right. You're absolutely right, and they, those contracts are signed. Those things are done. That's that's money that's owed, and so that's going to be really, really difficult to get around. And supposedly, you know, anytime you breach this conference affiliated contract, you know, you have to pay a an absorbent amount of money to exit the conference. And hopefully, schools like that would get a cut of that mm-hmm. but that's still a one-time payment that doesn't fix your right your bigger issues here yeah but from a competitive standpoint i thought this was interesting so even with all these new realignments of the big 10 the the acc the big 12 all these moving parts since 2007 
national championships in football and basketball since 2007 based on 2024 members. The SEC has 19, the ACC has eight, the Big 12 has three, and the Big 10 still has only one. And if we take that back to the 2000-2001 season, looking at the SEC and the Big 10, who are a couple of the big movers here, the Big Four sports, a.k.a. the revenue drivers, this is according to Connor O'Gara on Twitter, are football, men and women's basketball, and baseball. So the big okay. four revenue drivers since 01 to since 2000 and 2001, the big four national championships, the SEC has 31, the Big Ten has two, the ACC since then probably has one, two, three, four, five, if you count football and basketball. Yeah, five. Don't ask me. I, I can't come I'm up thinking, with all those since Miami, 2001. <laughs> Miami in 2001 in football. You had Clemson's two in football. You had Virginia in basketball. Probably a handful of Duke, North Carolina. They might have ten at the most. Yeah, Miami may have had some baseball. This is just the big four. Men's, women's basketball, football, and, and baseball. Yeah, Miami might have had one. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. So 31 for the SEC. Still far and away the more superior right. conference, even with all the moving parts. But let's be honest, uh, only two of those sports, being football and men's basketball, is making money at most of those universities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Baseball is not making money, and basketball, women's basketball is for sure not making any money on 80% of those campuses. Absolutely. No doubt. And like you said, football lifts all those, and so it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward and how this changes. Uh, we'll kind of get into some conference preview a little bit later in this episode, definitely some more next week, but... I'm curious to see what this is going to do for the sports, you know, landscape as a whole. It's like you said, there's going to be a lot of revenue. There's going to be a lot of TV deals, a lot of sponsorships that are going to change over the next five to 10 years. Let me tell you, you talked about, uh, it's the last thing I'll, I've got for this topic. Uh, and then if you're good, we can move on. But I heard somebody, uh, it was Gary Parrish talking and, uh, he had an, a thought that, I liked, but as an old Miss and Mississippi and you Mississippi State fan, I thought we could have some takes on it as well. But basically, you talked about uh, relegation. I think relegation's fun. But he said, so everybody's wanting to add more money. Everybody's wanting to go out and get more colleges to bolster the the top end of their conference. Instead of just adding, why are we not subtracting? Yeah. Why, as the SEC, and this is why, as an Ole Miss Mississippi State fan, we're not national brands. Uh, you so more than us, obviously, because uh, you know state adds nothing other oh, than you know yeah, four top one hundred NFL players. We're D so, we're D line you right now, but anyway. Okay, I tell you what, you line up all of the. Mississippi State defensive lineman in the NFL right now? And, and hold them up. No, and I'm just saying to a normal, everyday NFL fan, they wouldn't know any of them. Oh, boy. And definitely not know where they went to college. I'll get out of here. The big, th the best three interior defensive linemen in the NFL being Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox up until probably the last two and years, would be, Jeff would Simmons. Be like, okay, that's that's uh, Chris Jones. Where did he go to college? I'm like, mm, nah, man. I, I think you're know. wrong. I think you're anyways, wrong. Anyways, I'm not saying that, that – you're not relevant. I'm just saying you're less relevant. Let me get to my point. 
You uh, started that, man. Yeah. Such yeah. a little brother mentality. Yeah. Well, look at look at yeah. all y'all are not. Oh my god! Right. You want to get? Uh, if we want to get into that, there's only one person on this podcast that that only tweets. This is our state. We will. And, uh, I don't even. Hey. I don't even think about you. We'll let me tell you this. Anytime no, no, something good this. happens, let, no, hold on. Anything something good happens for Ole Miss, I do not claim ownership of our state because I do not think about it at all. Mm. But your school does. You can't say little. You can't. You can't say little your school brother. Does. Your school does. When when we're not constantly trying to knock down big oh, brothers. Oh yeah, and I come, that in quotation Come to marks. the sip. Come to the sip. This is the state. This is where we play. Come to Ole Miss. Yes, you want your school one hundred percent. Come the to exact the exact same. Thing. It doesn't say screw Mississippi exact State. Same thing. You, you <laughs> dude, get out of here. It's such a moving. What on. are you talking about? This How will be a great. Come to the sip. Diminish Mississippi State. Take a shot at Mississippi State. The whole we run the sip started from Ole Miss's Twitter account, and we stole it when we started kicking your tail in recruiting <laughs> trails, and we started kicking your tail with getting people in the NFL and on the field. We'll talk about that too, but we'll save that for our Mississippi State Ole Miss preview on one of our upcoming episodes. Okay. Uh, I'll demolish you then as well. Mm. Oh, uh, as well, right. So what was, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So instead of just adding – Oklahoma and Texas, and then saying, okay, now we had 14 teams. Now we have 16 teams. Why don't we add Oklahoma and Texas and then boot Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, the bottom two teams in the SEC? <laughs> See, here we go again. <laughs> oh, I'm not coming at your school. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying I, facts here. I, like, yeah, I mean, if we look I, at – You want to look at, like, previous – like, like – recent trends in football wins, I think Ole Miss and Vanderbilt will be kicked out if we're looking at head-to-head, but anyway. I'm more, what are you talking about? We went to a Sugar Bowl two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, but we'll uh, let me look and see because I'm pretty sure we'll, – we'll save that for – again, we'll save that for our Ole Miss and Mississippi Oh, we State lost game. it. Mm-hmm. We lost it. I'm talking – We were in it. Yeah, anyway, continue. We'll we'll save that uh, It's two, two Sugar Bowls in like eight years. We'll save that. We'll save that. So – you can. You can look it up. It's a fact. You no, no I'm not talking it. about that. I'm talking about head-to-head state and Ole Miss, but I've got some stuff for that. Anyway, moving okay. right along. Yeah. We had another we, big power shift in a sports landscape. So I'm sure you saw this, but ESPN has entered into a partnership with Penn Sports Gambling, forming what is going to be called ESPN Bet. And there was some stink around this with Shams on Twitter that he was manipulating some of his tweets and saying some things to move the line because he worked for a betting company. The Atlantic has some ties to sports gambling and betting. Now, uh, yeah, he uh, he works for uh, FanDuel, right? Yeah, he's on FanDuel TV, right? Yeah. Which I'm is that owned by Yahoo or so. uh, the one, Athletic? The Athletic, like one of them. So now we have. Like the center of all sports entertainment and information, self-proclaimed data backs it up. Everybody goes to ESPN when they want to know scores and highlights are now going to own or be part owners. They're going to be majority owners of pin sports betting. And I don't see any kind of conflict of interest or any kind of issues arising here whatsoever. Yeah. They are, they're not sponsored by, uh, Penn Sports Betting. They basically bought Penn no, Sports Betting. That's what I said. I said is, they're, the, yeah. they're the majority but, owner now. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's fishy. I mean, you got to think, this is sports betting. You don't want any kind of cross-pollination in this at all. And you don't want to be able to point the foot 
I mean, point anything. Well, yeah, you'll point, point the, the finger. finger yeah, point the foot. At yeah, <laughs> sorry. You sent inside baseball here. You sent me a message on Skype, and I totally went haywire. <laughs> uh, uh, but you don't want anybody to be able to point at you and say like you're influencing anything. I'm I'm giving you my money. I'm betting on this game using ESPN, but ESPN also owns all the major conferences. Yeah, they, because ESPN. And, you know, ESPN and Fox and everybody, whoever you got your sports deal with. But for the SEC, all of our sports, we're, this is there will be no more ESPN on CBS, the 2.30 game anymore no. this year. No, there Because won't. it is strictly ESPN from here on out, until uh, further notice, for uh, the SEC. So if I'm going to bet on a Ole Miss game, and I'm placing that bet with ESPN bet, but ESPN also – owns the SEC. Like, there's some real cross-pollination there. And I know Shams has come up before because basically he's also friends with bunches of agents. And so he leaks out, uh, you know, he leaks out stories based on his agents. Uh, Shams is a clutch. He He's represented by clutch, which is LeBron James and, and Rich Paul's agency that they have. And so – Basically, anybody that's represented by Clutch gives their information to Shams, but Shams also works for FanDuel, who makes these lines. And so who's getting this information first and setting these lines is very questionable. And there's a lot of insider trading stink that goes along with all this. Right. And so, I mean, I'm not a sports better. I can't bet on sports in Mississippi. But if you're really looking at, you know, if you're really investing a lot of money in sports, you've really got to look at where these lines are coming from now and who's setting them and what's their motives. 100%. And that's what I was going to get at. All of a sudden, ESPN is now the book and the bookie, right? They're hosting and showing these games, have an opportunity to make a ton of money off of these games, and they can leak out whatever information, move things, they can get fishy. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, that they're going to be shaving points or whatever to cover unders and overs and, you know, tweeting or reaching out to the officials however they get a hold of them but there is some opportunity for some real funny business here you know the opportunity for espn to play you know puppeteer if you will to manipulate some of these lines so they can still be the most profitable make the most money off these bets like it just it, it just doesn't seem on the up and up that they're going to be the housing these sporting events and then being the place where you go place your bets i mean you look at what we talked about last week with iowa's uh uh, kicker and iowa state's quarterback so if you're telling me now they're a fox team so let's just pretend fox bet is a thing now okay i'm sure it's coming let's i mean all these conferences or all these television networks are going to have their own betting component in the future. So let's just pretend that that's what's going to happen. Right. And uh, Fox Bet is going on. Well, it turns out the Iowa State kicker or Iowa State quarterback is betting on Fox Bet for Iowa State games. And there's just this huge cluster of bad juju that goes along with this. Like, who trusts who? What are you? Who's moving the lines here, and are you moving? You know, for instance, people are looking at lines more than they're looking at head-to-head rankings these days. You look at, you say, you look at Ole Miss versus Alabama, 
and right beside the ranking, you know, one versus 17 or whatever, it also has the line, Alabama minus 16 and a half. So, who's setting that line? If ESPN is setting that line, they can fudge that line down to make the game look more competitive. Yep. Yep, 100%. So, and they also show underneath that, they'll have that ATS stat against the spread. And so right. that's going to be something manipulated and something to watch. Like how is an Alabama or a state or a Missouri against the line that ESPN has set in their betting division on a game that they're also broadcasting? Yeah, it's weird, man. And I can't really point to where it's, you know uh, – I'm going to use uh, I. There was a TV show uh, on The Office. You know they used the line, the uh, or maybe it was Parks and Rec. I, I think it was a Leslie Nope line where he says the uh, United States uh, Supreme Court uh, justice was asked to define pornography, and it says I can't define it for you, but I know it when I see it. it. That's it. You know <laughs> that's kind of how that's kind of how I feel about this. Like I can't point to you exactly where. The rub is, I just know that I don't like it. Something about <laughs> you know, it just it, it is feels, screwy. It feels weird, you know? 100%, so, man. And so we'll see what this is going to do for sports betting and gambling in the future. I think it does open some doors for it to be available across other states. I think this is another step in the direction of all states having sports gambling. I just don't know that it's a It's just another positive. avenue to bet on. Yeah, it yeah. just feels kind of something about it. As you have said so eloquently on this podcast, it just feels icky. Yeah. Uh, and Dave Portnoy can quit taking a lap here. Yeah. Uh, victory lap because he sold the majority stake to pin his barstool to pin sports betting. And he's like, oh, and I got it. I got majority stake, 100% control back. And I didn't pay a dime for it. It's because they dropped you. Right. <laughs> you know, they said, I could have barstool that I just paid X amount for for 51% or more control. But ESPN just dropped $1.2 billion. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that's, a, you know, that's an upgrade like, at the prom. <laughs> and they said, uh, ESPN said, we've canceled a barstool show on our on our network once before. We'll cancel you just as quick. Yep. You know? 100%. So, 100%. Yeah. So quit with the whole victory lap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, joy, Rusty, I enjoyed it. It is 1138 where you're at tonight and i know that uh you're in a house full of uh a family on a vacation so i'm gonna let you yeah. ease off here if you'll tell everybody where to uh to find this podcast and to where to interact with us we'll wrap this up for tonight that's it we're two bucks sports pod on facebook at the number two bucks sports pod on twitter and instagram we'll have some more instagram polls coming up i got some ideas for that if there's glitchy audio this week i do apologize the wi-fi at this beach house is kind of shoddy so it may or may not be glitchy i'll make sure and put that in the show in the show comments but we appreciate you sticking around this long Thank you if you normally are a YouTube watcher. Sorry there's not a video this week. Again, see shoddy uh, Wi-Fi. It will be back next week better than ever. I promise you that. For our SEC preview, we're going to have a ton. Uncle Buck did a ton of research tonight getting some SEC stuff together, so we won't rob you of that. We don't want to rush through it, so we'll save it for next week. But until then, Drew, behave yourself. Appreciate you, buddy. Another great episode, and we will see you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.